I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Running Things with Donovan Bailey. Hello, everybody out there. We are back for another, that's right, another episode of Running Things with my man, Donovan Bailey, and me, co-host Simon Jane. It's been a good week here in Toronto. It has been an awesome week. Hello, everyone. Um, this is Donovan DB to some. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I was going to say it's a beautiful day outside, but it's, it's, it's sloppy not. and it, raining. It's and not a beautiful day today. <laughs> But you know what we're going to do? We're here, man, because I am going to be here running things. He's running things. Let's run some things. You know what we haven't actually talked about was the name, Running Things. Yeah, well, you know what? The the name's very Jamaican. (laughs) Yes, you know, and and clearly, I mean, uh, for those of us, uh, for those of you who don't know, (laughs) who don't know, um, you know, it's running things simply means that I'm, I'm confident about what I'm saying. Or confident about what I'm doing, uh, you know. So running things in Jamaican would be, you know, I run things. So I run things would be the would be the I run the, things. Yeah, the, the patois version of this. <laughs> and figuratively and literally. Well, figured yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, um, the incredible thing about um, my culture or the island that I was uh, I was born in is that. Uh, there's always been a, a level of confidence in which uh, an athlete or a DJ um, in music or, or you know, whomever. Uh, there's always been, uh, you know, that, that level of confidence that's been instilled in you. So you have to act it, be it, uh, practice it, uh, and get out and perform it. And, 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 and that's, and that's so running things, run, running things is how, um, is how this started. I mean, a, a whole lot of my friends, uh, when I was competing, uh, used to say that he used to say that to me, Donovan, you're running things, Donovan, you're running things just because I was, I would get out and, um, you know, it, it was really always my choice whether or not I was going to win or not. I mean, there's races that I had that I was practicing or working on certain parts of my race. But either way, I'd get off, I'd have a conversation, whether or not it was with my friends or with the media, and there was an explanation as to what exactly I was doing that day. So it was just me trying to get better. So running things simply means that every single day I practice, learn, and get better. It's a good mantra. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, let's see. Topical events before we get into our discussion today. Uh, DeGrasse took another first. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Uh, you know, uh, what's really good about what Andre's done post-Olympics? Yes, I know it's the 200 meters. It's certainly the consolation prize at the Olympic Games, but Andre's got gold. Uh, he is the Olympic champion. No other Canadians... No other Canadian has, has won the 200 uh, since 1928. So, so again, congratulations to him. Uh, number two, he's continued this. I mean, not only is he one of the best sprinters in the world, he's definitely the best 200-meter sprinter in the world, and he showed that in Poland. Uh, but also what's really awesome about that is that Jerome Blake, another young upstart who is also a Canadian, uh, and was on the relay team with Andre, he was second. So I'm, I'm liking the fact that, I mean, it reminds me of when I was competing, when I started winning, and then Bruni started, uh, you know, getting the next level of confidence, and then Glenroy and Carlton and Robert, and it kind of it grew with the other athletes uh, that were on the squad. So I love the fact that Andre, again, is not only... Um, not only won and led at the Tokyo Olympic Games, he's following up uh, in, uh, in Poland. And Jerome Blake uh, is, is definitely getting out there and, um, and putting some times down. And, and he is now hopefully understanding that part of the international circuit or part of professional track and field is for him to get out and him to do the work, put the work in and get on the podium when that opportunity is allowed to him. I'm certain that he's listening to this podcast because it seems like he does extremely well after we mention his name. Well, listen, he better, <laughs> he better be. Let's, you know, listen, part of the problem for me, like Andre is the same age as my oldest child. So, so for me, uh, I'm... Damn. And, and so, so, you know, Andre, me saying anything uh, is, is, is the exact same thing I'd say to his face. Is things, you know, there's things I've said to his mother. You know right. what I mean? And I know that I'll get back to him. And there's also uh, a few guys that is, that's in his school that I'll, I'll send messages to. But again, he, you know, he's a good kid in a good place, doing great things. And I'm glad that one, individually, he's doing amazing things. And the team, uh, you know, a couple of guys on the national team, they themselves are making some inroads and putting their stake uh, at some of these competitions. That's amazing. That's really good. And I mean, I was just kind of teasing you. Overall, you, you're always very supportive of him. So I'm sure that uh, it's appreciated, especially uh, for Canadian track fans. I'm sure that they're super appreciative of your words and guidance and advice. Um, but one thing I was thinking, I was doing some reading this weekend and I was just going over some of the track stuff and some of the things that are going on in sports. And, you know, um, you know, obviously we're, we're living in a polarizing time now when it comes to race and social media and all these different things. But if you strip back some of the, I guess, motivations for why people say things or why people criticize athletes, or I keep seeing this sort of recurring theme, which is sort of villainy in sports. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you are a fan of the Raptors or if you're a fan of, I mean, maybe I won't make it about Toronto. Maybe if you're a fan, a fan of the Dallas Cowboys or Dallas whatever. Dallas Cowboys, Man Manchester United. Manchester United, sure. Whoever. Right. You you have some type of, obviously, some investment emotionally in this club. So inherently, when you love something a lot, you, you will have to, in turn, dislike something as much. And I noticed that in sports, for years and years and years, um, we need a villain. Right. So I guess my question is, let's, let's talk, first of all, about like some, of the, some of the villains in sports, maybe some that maybe you've worked with. Like, like Dennis Rodman comes to mind when right. I think of a villain. Right. Right? Because like... Truly, Dennis 
isn't really a bad man. Uh, well, no. no listen, <laughs> number one, I, I, here's, here's the thing. First of all, I think Dennis is an incredible example. One, he's part of a team. Let's just get that straight. It's true. He is right? part, of, he's part of a team. Right? And, and what I loved about Dennis Rodman is that he was the protector of the superstar of the game. But he was also playing a role. You know, so, there's, so, so at the end of the day, if, when Dennis was in, in Detroit, you got to support him because he was part of the bad boys. Right. When he was in Chicago, you got to support him because basically he's protecting Michael Jordan and, and he is the greatest rebounder that ever lived. I was about to say, right? like... I mean, the, hold on. The greatest defensive player. The greatest... Like, I mean, a guy shutting down Karl Malone. You know, a, oh, guy, a guy shutting down some of the major stars in the NBA at that time. Hall of Fame, first round Hall of Famer people. And so I have never seen Dennis as a villain. I mean, maybe I see it differently because I'm, I, I've been a professional athlete, but I, Dennis was playing a role. Dennis was absolutely playing a role. And acting all the way. He, he, all, he's one of, of my favorites when it comes to this because he, he truly played the part as well. All of this is, I think that sometimes, uh, sometimes I, I realize that sometimes things are marketed to us differently. It's, it's, <laughs> it's incredible that, you know, Mark Henry is a very good friend of mine. Uh, sexual talk for all those all <laughs> who, who don't know it uh, at, at the WWF or WWE, whatever, what, whatever the wrestler, whatever they're going by. So Mark, yeah, but Mark was also a very legit athlete. Mark was um, world's strongest man. Was not just a title. He was actually at the Olympic Games. He, I think he won silver, uh, but he was one of the strongest human beings on the planet. But back to what we're talking about. Uh, at the end of the day, the villains. Uh, the villains that are presented to us sometimes, it's a facade that's made up by media, right? When we watch wrestling, you can actually, when you watch wrestling, you kind of go, you know, there's two people, you know, there's a, you know, there's yeah. a good guy and a bad guy or a good woman and a bad one. We right. know this, yeah. right? But unfortunately, because of uh, when you, when you watch the NBA, however, or the WNBA, or or football or, or or the NFL any or real live live sports right. to be yeah but any, but but let's but I'm I'm gonna stick with the team for a minute okay uh it it, it appears that um the people that are invested uh, emotionally in uh, you know unloading uh, their troubles and emotions at those games watching watching those games uh, they understand that they understand. Uh, I guess what it means to, to be a villain or not be a villain in basketball. Dennis Rodman was looked at as I guess he would be looked at as a villain, right? Yeah. Right. And for me, he, he played the greatest role, the most incredible role by the perception of being the bad guy by playing incredible defense. Cause he didn't nothing illegal. Uh, at least how the game was played at, at that yes, time. Yes, well, I was about to say he'd be in foul trouble every game. Absolutely. Well, now, well, now, well, now I mean, now if you if you look at someone hard, then you get a foul. Uh, <laughs> yes, kids. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I I am definitely a fan of basketball. Back in the day when uh, real you could, people played, when, yes. when the around the rim was like the worst place to be. Well, if you're driving to the hoop, you know, Michael Jordan driving the hoop knows that he's going to get touched every time. Doesn't matter what. I watch basketball now, and anyone that drives to the hoop. There's a clear out. You get a nice, easy layup, and that's the end of it. Uh, but at the end of the day, Dennis Rodman played an incredible role. He was probably the greatest actor. Uh, and sometimes when people have this negative things to say about him personally, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, and and right. so I, I've, I've, I've always been someone who's never bought into that. I mean, I've had personal rivalries myself. I don't. We, we never got the blows. There's never been any of those things. I mean, they're just kind of silly. Uh, but a lot of... 
a lot of rivalries uh, uh, from an athlete's perspective or a professional perspective um, is, is trumped up by the media because most times, I mean, when I started track and field, my rival was Linford Christie, right? Linford Christie probably, when I started track and field, probably didn't know who the hell I was. But when I became professional, Linford Christie was the Commonwealth champion, the world champion, and the Olympic champion. So in my mind, I'm racing Linford Christie. I'm not racing the clock. Obviously, you grow to that or you evolve to right. that and, that. and that's an individual thing. This is the same thing that happens in golf and probably the same thing that happens in boxing or, or in tennis because, I mean, boxing and tennis are different because you're actually confronting and, um, and, and uh, partaking and also interacting with your opponent. Right. Uh, in golf and track and field, not at all. It doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter. You, you show up, you do your job. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. And that's it. In team sport, these guys play an incredible role. And we know the perception of the perception that's brought to us by the media uh, is exactly what it is. A whole lot of times, a lot of these athletes get on the, the field of play and they fight and argue. And then they're out to dinner later on at a private restaurant. The, the, shaking hands, <laughs> buying each other drinks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it's, their it's wives a, are friends. Their kids are friends. That's what it is. It, I know this because I've lived this. To really achieve, you have to like sort of get into the role, right? You have to get on your game face. Well, you know what? It's, it's, sometimes it's not even so much role. I mean, I think that I, mean, I, I played basketball at a very high level. So I'm saying to you that I wanted to beat the other team. I mean, that's really what you have. I mean, in any team sport, this is just an extension of your family. So you live for and you die for your teammates. Your teammates. Yeah. So you're going to be out on your field of play and, and you're going to give it your all. But when it's done, it's almost like, you know, you put your shield away. <laughs> but it is. I mean, yeah, you put yeah. your shield away and then uh, you kind of go on and say, oh, you know what? I got to eat. Um, so uh, I need to go get some food. Well, yeah. Right? I, and yeah. then I got to go home. Uh, and then my kids have to go to school in the morning. Like you're a normal person. Yeah. I, and, and a lot of times, a lot of times, unfortunately, uh, fans who are very invested in, you know, obviously in their own um, emotional commitment to the team. Right. Uh, they themselves take it differently. I mean, and unfortunately, uh, social media now is, is, is extremely popular. And it, well, it's the number one thing. And back, back when I competed, it was not. So, so sometimes when I see things and people are personal, uh, uh, you know, I, I do have a problem with that. So, so here's the thing. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the social media thing in a bit because I think that's actually the major difference right now. But I was going to ask you just, for example, um, have you seen Malice in the Palace? I have. Incredible. And it's and for great. all of you out there. Netflix, Malice in the Malice Palace. In the Palace. You gotta see it. It's a very good. It's a very good quick you documentary. You gotta see it. Um, so, so let's talk about that for a quick second. So, what I was gonna say was, so Malice in the Palace, as you know, I'm just gonna break it down for everybody out there, uh, is a, is about the moment that um, player fan interaction in basketball one day got very negative. It got it got violent. Well, interaction between player and fan. In fan, yes. Right. Started by fans. Started by fans. Correct. So. This is to me what is could be considered a turning point in what I see as villainy in sports because we've right. always had like the Mike Tysons and the people that are like just have that bad boy image and right. we secretly like them but mm -hmm. obviously opposing fans do not. We love them. We do love them. It's a love. It's a love. So now you have this pl these players uh, specifically Ron Artest uh, and I forgot who the other guy is already. Jackson. Jackson. They they had a very bad boy image. Artest had. I would say arguably worse than a, a bad boy image. He well, had I mean, you know, listen, troublemaker, he, he bad teammate. Yeah. Again, for me, who has been on the basketball court at a high level, 
that's my hard-nosed defensive guy. That's right. my guy that's not, well, because that's, you, not that's my guy that's not going to allow any shit to happen. Because again, you work in sports and you understand the facade of it all, right? right. These guys are just doing a job for a team that and they're being serious paid for. Too. He's, yeah. he, well, he, for he's sure. an intense guy. I'm not saying serious. they're joking. Right. But I mean, when they leave the court, they're certainly not continuing what they're doing on the court. It's just because they want possession of the ball, so, right. like straight up. So in my mind, when you watch this doc, you, you realize very quickly that that whole thing could have been averted had like A, they taken the players away from the court. Number one, yes. And B, use the officiating to settle everybody down. Instead, what you have is you have two players who are known for being quote unquote villains who are now sort of, I wouldn't say taunting the crowd, but like lying on the scoring table with their hands on their head, like, like, you know, treating it like, oh, well, like, look what I can do. And here's what happens. The fans who look at these two as villains get involved. Well, okay. So Simon, so here's my take. So at no point whatsoever, when you're on, when you're on the field of play and there are athletes that are on that field of play, there's a referee there for a reason. His responsibility is to, uh, we'll say police the rules, because I will get into that in a second. <laughs> we'll say to police the rules in which the game ought to be played. And uh, that went completely sideways. At the end of the day, uh, if that was, I think that if the, if the athletes on the court, the professionals that were on the court, the pros that were on the court, we're being, we're, we're being policed or refereed properly. This should never happen. At no point whatsoever should a fan be allowed to throw something. Agreed. Uh, uh, or actually, at no point should a fan, other than verbal, because you can say whatever the hell you want. I I'm mean, a heckler. They, 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 listen, the, I think the greatest hate, <laughs> listen, haters and hecklers are the greatest motivators for ambitious athletes who get in the zone and want to bury that team or that city. I'm a, I'm a cr or, or whatever. Right? I heckle hard. But no, well, I mean, again, so what you do, so, so, and what you're doing is correct. And, and there's no reason whatsoever for you to get out to the game and not he heckle. No, this and is what I'm you clean do. too. Like, I keep my, I keep my heckles clean. It's all stats but, based. But again, <laughs> but again, you don't have to keep it clean. What I'm saying to you is that someone can come in and heckle someone, but, uh, Again, I, re I totally recommend Malice in the Palace. When you have uh, fans throwing bottles, dumping beer on people's heads. Throwing drinks. All these throwing things. drinks. Yeah. Um, it, it, this all becomes personal. And you know what? I look at this as, I look at this as road rage. It, it completely uh, you know, you know is road if rage. You, if, if, you, if, you, if, if someone is bothering you on the road and you decide you're going to pull over and confront that person, then, it's, then first of all, that's the dumbest thing that you can do. Uh, and what happens with that is that all the rules, every rule is thrown out the window. Every single rule is thrown out the window. And so uh, when, I, when, I, when I watch this, uh, you know, and we talk about the villains, yes, we know that fans show up. You've had a rough week at the office or at the factory or wherever the restaurant and you want to yell and scream and get all of your anger or whatever it is angst right. that you've had all week get that out of you so you can go home uh you know have a, have a have a tea and go to sleep yep uh but yeah at no point whatsoever at no point whatsoever uh should there be any interaction uh where it causes physical harm whether or not whether or not it's it's, it's a drink or 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 a 
or someone throwing a fist or, or whatever it is. I mean, and so I just think that's absurd. We're going to take a quick break and we'll return in a minute. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, okay, so this brings me to where we're at. Um, and that is, so now... Now people don't understand the game. They don't understand the role of the villain. They don't understand, like, you, as you said yourself, it's not clearly defined like wrestling or these things. We now have this action. Marketed. It's not marketed. Fair. <laughs> so now we have access to all these athletes and their lives. And the theme of the villain is alive and well. Now, you would think that the average sports person or even, forget sports, even across the board, would have some type of acumen for this and understand that in the end of the day, all these athletes are friends brothers even. Um, and this is not real. It's just, it's for love of the game and it, it's on that you leave it all on the pitch, leave it on the court, whatever. And it's done. But now, now you have all these people r- abusing athletes online, abusing them for losing games, missing shots. So the comfort that you felt before saying, yeah, you know, the role of the villain is important. Does it still seem as important? Should we still be marketing athletes as villains knowing now that there's going to be a massive part of the population that cannot digest this properly? Okay, so no matter what, uh, especially now with complete access to people in their lives and some of those who choose to share every single thing about their lives, uh, understand that you're going to be criticized or maybe praised. When I look at anyone that... Uh, you know, sends tweets out or whatever it is that they do to athletes. Whatever you do on your field of play, like anything you do on the field of play, that is completely not off-based, right? (laughs) I mean, I'm saying to you that anybody can do whatever the hell they want. Right. However, when it becomes personal, I think there's a problem. It's a massive problem. when, When I think that, when I think that, you know, you're talking about, people's families or children talking about their culture and, and and oh listen all of those things are way off base i mean if 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 i mean i'm, I'm a toronto maple leaf fan and if <laughs> me too right and and, and, <laughs> and 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 if you know we don't make the playoffs you have all the right in the world to criticize every single player about why it is that they didn't contribute to them making the playoffs and i did right I, you better, right? <laughs> you, you, you just you know, you do my job, please. Because I, I, I mean, I don't. I'll just tell them. Oh man, right? I mean, I in, went in, off. In every single sport, is the same thing. I think because of access right now, I think it's it's ridiculous uh, when people are criticizing athletes because there's a mental health breakdown, because there's an injury, uh, because something is happening in your family. I mean, all those things. If you hire someone to play a sport and they're representing a team or a city then anything that person does, or a country for that matter, anything that person does uh, is, is completely uh, available to be criticized. When I look at, we'll, we'll roll it back to track for a second. When I see the rivalry 
between Shakara Richardson and we'll say the two greatest sprinters in the history of the world, which is um, Shelly Ann Fraser, Bryce, <laughs> and, 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 and Elaine Thompson. See, how did I'm, I know? How I'm did I know you were going to bring back a little Jamaican shout out? No, no, no. It's, it's Jamaican. But, but Jamaican shout out. got to be. What I'm saying to you is that uh, I think that the, what's incredible is that Shakari has an incredible platform. She's very, very fast. She's an NCAA champion, and she's also the U.S. champion, okay? But she has no rivalry whatsoever with those two other women, none, like zero. At no point whatsoever has she beaten those other two women. So there's no such thing as a rivalry. So all of this is a perceived rivalry uh, marketed and based upon what the media has brought to us because we want to see the showdown. We want to see them all at their very best. Who's the villain? And who, yeah, mm. because you asked me this question, and that's, what, that's why I brought this point up. Who is the villain and, and, and who is not, right? Because I'm, I'm saying to you that there's, we, we talk a lot about Shikari. The world talks a lot about Shikari. But I mean, realistically, Elaine Thompson is the greatest sprinter in the world. And Shelly Ann Fraser is a slight number two, like a, a slight number two. And if we're going to be focused on positive news, that is exactly what we should be talking about. We should be talking about the two greatest sprinters. And we should be talking about Shikari, who is an incredible young talent. But today... Today, there are two queens, and there's a princess that might, that might get on the podium one day. So is it safe to say then that you think that right now the focus, if we're talking about, you know, villains and, and heroes in sport, obviously the hero is always the victor. Um, are you then advocating for <clears throat> a change in how we report? I'm not, well, first of all, I can't. I, <laughs> I can't right. tell you how you should report. However, uh, I think that, you know... Because I would love to see more positive sports news. Correct. Following my career, I was surrounded with lots of, like, horrible news about my sport. And my responsibility was to do it right and win and break records. And so I've always been a glasses half full kind of man where I'm looking at the good news, you know? So, I, like, so like, like, it's amazing where, you know, Shelly Ann Fraser is doing some, something, something incredible. Uh, Elaine Thompson is running the fastest time, uh, you know, a woman has ran uh, since Flojo. And we focused on Shikari's right. negative. And, and, we're, and we're focusing on what, where Shikari's going to end up or what is going to happen with Shikari. Or what and, tweet she liked. Or, or what tweet she liked. Uh, you know, or what negative things that she that she's exactly. saying, dispar- disparaging things that she's agreeing with or saying about uh, people from Jamaica. I mean, you know, or whatever. I mean, I'm saying to you that the focus should always be on, hey, man, this is an incredible sport. There's incredible things happening. And here are the heroes. Here are the things. I mean, when you look at uh, the young, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten, uh, 15 year olds that are coming up, focus on the shoe that these kids need to fill. The, the great shoes, uh, when, when we talk about, you know, again, the incredible performance of Andre in the 200 meters at the Tokyo Olympic Games, let's just figure out, uh, you know, what the great, uh, you know, Canadian track program looks like. I mean, all of those guys are aspiring to be where I got to, which is being the greatest athlete of my generation or the fastest athlete of my generation. Andre's trying to aspire to that. So for me... Playing it forward simply means that it should always be positive. It always right. should be, we should always be a place, we should always start, let's just say that we should always start a news broadcast. This is just my personal opinion, by the way. Right. You should always start news broadcasts with the winners 
and the people who are doing well, and also bring the real news to people, uh, uh, to the public, as the, the young, colorful, talented athletes that one day will make it to a place where they too can sit on top of the podium and being recognized as the very best in something. That's absolutely true. And I, I hope that we can, you know, obviously it's going to take quite a bit of work, <laughs> quite a bit of work to get to, you know, cause it's going to so take a while. It's going to take a while. Um, like, uh, uh, when I got going on this topic, I, I noticed that, um, online, the NBA is definitely, um, known as sort of like the Twitter leader in sports, right? right? They have like something like three to 4 million more than any other, uh, pro league in sports, which is quite a bit. Um, and when you start going down these roads, you start seeing that, that whole villain and hero thing again, you know, from city to city, you know, Joel Embiid, Ben, ben Simmons, right. like, and literally every city, of course, has their own version of this story. Right. Right. JJ Redick. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. As yes, a, I, I'm very familiar with him. Remember, so, I played ball. Oh, that's true. I played ball, Simon. So yes. he, he's yes. not just a sprinter, guys. So JJ Redick is known or was known for being very involved on social media. He was, uh, right. he was a high level, as they say, user of the right. app. Um, he just deleted his accounts, like all of them. And he wrote, it's a dark place. It's not a healthy place. It's just a cycle of anger, validation, and tribalism. But, but it's true. I mean, and, he, and he's correct with that. You know, that gone are the days uh, when you, you know, worked weeks and saved up money to buy a ticket to go watch a game. And, or there was free football or basketball, baseball, whatever on TV. Uh, you got Twitter. You don't have to do anything. Right. You know, and, 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 and unfortunately, you're trying to govern people with no filter. Absolutely no filter. And when you walk into, when you go into, when you, when you, when you delve into the internet, it is a dark place. And, and it's a place that if you don't understand what you're doing uh, and you want to go in and, and, and play with the people that are there, uh, you, they, one, they're going to beat you with experience because you're in the gutter. Right. You know, ultimately, there are people there and their job is to sit there and antagonize you and get you as pissed off as possible. And, 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 and JJ's, JJ's absolutely completely correct. Every single city is going to have a massive support system for that team in that city. Right. That's just going to happen uh, if we're just talking about basketball. But I'm saying to soccer globally is probably, you know, the biggest supporter, you know. Uh, you know, we've got fans in, in track and field and tennis and golf. You've got tons of people following Tiger, waiting for him to come back after his accident. And you're always going to have people that are quite supportive. Uh, but you're also going to have people who want to see you fail, who want to see you suffer, and who want to see you fall in your face. And ultimately, when you get in there, you have to understand that you're playing in a place that has no rules. And ultimately, uh, you have to have thick skin, and know exactly what you're talking about. Maybe keep it vanilla. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe keep it vanilla. I think if that's you, hard for you, some people, though. Right, well, you know, well, is it hard for some people? Because it simply means for me. Anytime I've read and seen crazy tweets, one, I, I, I I've, haters have always motivated me because, and, and I and I say this to a lot of kids that I speak to now. I'm like, if someone is criticizing you, they've taken the time to see and watch and read what you're doing. I said, so that's a supporter. So what <laughs> you say to them is what I used to say to those haters that I had. I'd say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for watching this. Thank you for supporting me. Right, and right, by right. the way, 
Thank you for criticizing that because I'm going to come out and crush whoever your favorite guy is. Right, right. right? right. So, so, so I always use that as motivation for me. You know, so all the, the athletes of today have to understand that you have to have thick skin out the gate. And you have to understand that uh, the world is a place where you're never going to control what someone else's opinion is. Focus on the things that you need to do. Put the work in. Get out and you feel the play and crush it. So, you know, in that, in that regard, then it doesn't really matter if you're the villain or the hero. Well, there's going to be both. I mean, and, and, and here's the thing. I mean, when, when, you, when, you're, when you look at the balance between villain and hero now, uh, depending, on, depending on who, where, what city you're in, right. depending on what sport you're in, uh, you're a villain one day and you're hero the next day. Right. I mean, that, that, that's just what happens. That's in the field of sports. That's just what happens. Yeah. I you mean, know? I totally get it when people are upset. I do. Cause like, you know, I, I think grown men specifically have to recognize their own limitations. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I am like very aware of how involved mentally and emotionally I get when I'm watching one of my favorite teams. And I am aware how much I begin to rag on the refs. You know, the English premier league refs are actually told not to have social media accounts. Probably smart. Yeah, because there's just so Premier much. Premier League referees, yeah, no uh, social media. That's probably a great idea. European soccer gets the most racist abuse tweets of anything in the world. I can see that. They count them in the millions, like every six months. I can see that. It's insane. That, that would be a daily thing. I mean, again, you are in a basement. You're in your basement, you know, drinking Guinness all day. I'm, and I'm not saying this for the Guinness drinkers because I, I like it. I like Guinness too. But It is quite uh, delicious. It is quite delicious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are people sitting in a pub and having drinks and they're mad and they will come up with the most vile, disgusting and racist thing. And you have to be, again, you have to be able to, is that allowed? Yes. Freedom of speech. I get that. Should it be allowed? I yep. mean, it, it really shouldn't. There, there will be a day and I, I hope we see it sooner than later where we find a new way to police this because as we've been discussing, I do believe that the concept of the villain and the hero has gone too far. You and think I, so? I do think so because uh, I do because I, again, what I think what we're discovering is that it began to twist at the end, at the around the mouths of the palace time, and now that we're in this completely, as you said yourself, this wild wild west, right. it's completely uncontrollable. And and do I think that we should be censoring speech? I don't because wh- where do you end it, right? Because then you can stop us from saying other things as well. So so Simon, here, here, so again, here's my take on it because um, um, I'm the person that's been on the field of play. One, you're professional. So you have to essentially govern your own body and your own behavior. Two, there's a referee there to provide structure in what it is that you're supposed to do. Uh, three, you got to get out and play the game as, as, as it's ought to be played. Uh, and, I've, and I've said to you earlier, uh, the fans, I mean, because I, I, I think that's what you're, you're speaking from that perspective. 100%. As a fan, uh, there should be no interaction. You could say whatever the hell you want. Don't, it should never be personal. No one's family should be involved. No one's parents and mothers. Oh, my God. Agree. I can't, I can't, I, it's oh, unbelievable. I can't, like, I'm it's unbelievable when you see some of these comments, man. It's where unbelievable. Some, where someone will say something about my mother. I can't, I, like, no. That, no that's, but that's see, what I'm saying. Are you deranged? You're deranged, man. Like, right. this is a game. Right. It, it is. But I, I think that the, as a professional athlete, again, you're a professional, govern yourself accordingly. Referee is there to create structure. And there's an environment. There's a secured environment usually for you to perform because that's what you are. You're performing for fans. 
And and that's really what it should be. It should be. Right. It, it's almost. I mean, it sounds really terrible. Where I'm, I'm like, it's almost like a caged uh, thing where you're watching a performance and you can be mad as hell, but you get to go home. You can yell at everyone. You can you you can yell all the profanities that you want to, but those profanities should be. It should be geared towards the athlete and their playing or their commitment on the field of play. Or whatever. Right. How things are marketed now with the heroes and, and villains, as you said, uh, there's that that's never going to stop. Criticism is always, especially now with social media, and unfortunately, I don't see how you can dial this back uh, right now. It's, not, it seems like an, in, an insurmountable task for sure. It, I, I Well, I mean, I don't know much about it, but it looked impossible to me. You, there's no chance in hell that you're going to go to everyone and go, could you... Could I have your smartphone, please? And we are going to give you, we're going to get back to rotary phones and we're going to place that in your house. And that is how you're going to communicate wonder, to the outside world. I wonder how many people just now went, what's a rotary phone? Exactly. No, no, that's, a, that's exactly, that's exactly my point. Or uh, you're going to have a, you're going to have a TV with three channels. Uh, yeah. Right? If you're, if you're younger than we are, you should definitely go Google rotary phone. It's going to blow this your thing. mind. Right. Um, so very quickly, uh, we, we've come to a conclusion. I, I'm not sure if I fully support your point today, but right. I do like it. In closing, all of you out there loving sports, loving art, loving theater, loving whatever it is, be gentle on your keyboards. Remember that there are real people behind these words and they do have an impact and they do have consequences. So try and be as kind as possible, even if you're super, 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 super upset about the lost. Never, ever, ever, ever personal. Thank you for listening to another episode of Running Things with Donovan Bailey and me, the co-host Simon Jane. As always, powered by ACAST. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review us and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. Peace out. Running Thanks with Donovan Bailey.